Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work in my office today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today. We are, we are, we are, we are, we are here. We're back. We're back. It was a combination of were and we. We are back. We're back. It's been so long we can't even barely. We, we can't even function. I can't even say the first word properly. <laughs> you know, you know why that is, right? No. It's because you're, you're having to deal with emotional trauma this week. <clears throat> What's what's this from? Emotional damage, <laughs> like that meme. Is that Anchorman? I don't think so. No, I don't know where it's from, but it's not from Anchorman. Oh, the only reason I know that is because I've seen Anchorman and it's not in it. Okay, but I, I don't. I, know I've only where seen it's from. Anchorman once. I'd laugh the whole time, but I can't remember every single line from Anchorman. So yeah, we're <clears throat> sometimes we come in hot, but I would say today we're just we're coming in blue. Yeah, blue. <laughs> wow. Every now and then someone. Someone sums up things perfectly. Blue. Yeah. It's um, <clears throat> the lion season is over. We're blue. We're blue. Halftime was unbelievable. <laughs> Celebration, a party. Dude, roller coaster high. High. At halftime. Very high. We were, um, we were thinking about just running around outside in the snow barefooted with just so much energy in our systems. Oh, yeah. Because I had a bunch of people over at the house yeah, watching we were, the game. We were celebrating so good. We were we were so happy. And uh, second <laughs> half started. Um, I walked away from the TV for like seven minutes. And yeah, I you came back. And we had fumbled. And the other team had scored. Twice. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and everybody was mad at me. Because yeah. they didn't know, they wanted to blame something. <laughs> right. And they thought I jinxed the Lions by leaving the room because I had not left the room. Yeah. And they were doing so well. I leave the room and the whole thing falls apart. I, Nick looks me <laughs> right in the eye, as serious as can be, and he says, This is your fault. <laughs> and I'm like, What is? What is? And I look at the score and I'm like, What? What? What is going on? And like you left the room and everything fell apart. And I'm like, I didn't know I was that was my my role in this whole thing. <laughs> I didn't know I played a role. <laughs> oh yeah, we I do I do really enjoy watching a high stakes <laughs> game of any sort uh, with with one of our great friends and staff member Jason uh, because. The whole time, the whole second half, Jason is trying to recreate exactly what happened in the first half. He's He's like sitting in the same spot, trying to drink the same drink, like doing, trying to get everything to be exactly like it was when when we were winning. And it was a sad day. I have to confess, though, I had a prediction. I did too. I thought they were going to lose. I thought they were going to lose. But when. At halftime, though, that <clears throat> changed. <laughs> Once, like you know, we're up by 17 points. Yeah, um, I was like, oh no, we're not gonna lose. We're gonna win. Yeah. So <clears throat> then it went back to my and original it, prediction. Yes. So yeah, it Loss. was. Uh, <clears throat> uh, my dad texted me. My dad was in Florida watching the game, and he texted me at halftime. That's I'm jealous of that. <clears throat> and he was like. 
30 minutes to go oh till gosh. the Super Bowl. Like, so your dad jinxed it. My, my dad was like, well, this, is, this is incredible. He's like, tough 30 minutes, though. And I text back, I was like, this is going to be the most stressful 30 minutes of my life. <laughs> 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 Turns out that was all too true. <laughs> yeah, your self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> <laughs> trying to blame somebody. It's, I'm trying to figure out who to blame here. I at one point in the second half, towards the end of the game, we were having a the the lines were struggling to to sack Brock Purdy. Yeah, the, he just kept slipping through our hands like a slippery little eel. And anytime the lines got close to him, Kayla would be like sack, 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 and then he'd slip away and run for like 15 yards. Yeah, and <laughs> it happened like two or three times in a row. Yeah, and Nick. <laughs> Nick looks over at Kayla and says, stop saying sack, because every single time you say it, he gets away. She's like, okay. Like, you know, and he's like, I'm sorry for yelling at you. It has nothing to do with you. But but she's like, I won't say it. I won't say it. The very next play. Oh, yeah. It was great. They sacked Brock Purdy. She didn't say a word. She didn't say a word. And Nick goes, see, I told you. <laughs> Everything it was getting out of hand. Oh. Emotions were so high. Emotions were high, and uh, but that I mean, uh, that's why it is. It's better to watch with somebody. Yeah, it's, it's you know at least you got somebody to ride those highs and those very low lows with. You know, just as long as we don't turn on each other. Right, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> it was quite the event, my friends. Season's over. Maybe next year. <clears throat> Maybe next year. Maybe next year. We'll see. I I am not even excited about watching the Super Bowl. No. I I seen a, a post on Instagram this week, and it was like who the nation is rooting for in the Super Bowl. And California was San Francisco. Kansas and Missouri were Kansas City. The entire rest of the country was gray and the gray correlated to the, you know, on the little key, it said, can they both lose? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> Just, nah, I don't, I want that. You know, there's no tying in the Super Bowl. Right. I've, I just want to, I'll tie would be great. <laughs> I'll take a tie. I'll take a tie. Or my only acceptable options for this Super Bowl is tie or both lose. Uh, I will I not accept it in any other outcome. <laughs> that's it. That's the outcome I want. And if it's not, if I can tell it's not going to happen, I'll just turn the TV off before it ends. <laughs> just in my mind, at least it happened. <laughs> just don't look at any social media for a few days. Wait till the craze is over, and then just move on with your life. Like yeah. you're none the wiser. Exactly. So I, I I host a little Super Bowl party every year, and I've been doing. We've been doing this for a lot of years now, and just a, just a little few people come over. We have some fun, and I think this year for the first time ever. I'll be focusing more on like card games, board games, puzzles. But yeah, more than ever. More before. than watching the Super Bowl. I totally agree. More than ever I, before. I'll be focusing on games. I as long as I can remember, going to watch the Super Bowl was one of like my favorite events for the year. Just you know the party, the atmosphere, the people, the, the football game is usually usually a good football game. Yep. I mean, right now. I, I literally don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need therapy. 
I, yeah. We're not good for each other right now. We're not good for each no, other. No, we're just feeding off each other's like, negativity. Yeah. yeah, why don't you go run your car off a cliff? Come on, do it. You're like, okay, I will. That sounds like a good idea. You want to join me? Yeah, I'll join you. Let's go. You know, this is like, this is like a bad echo chamber. Oh, yeah, this, this, is, this, is, this is an is echo bad. chamber of bad ideas, bad energy. <laughs> Terrible lead into our actual topic today, though. Which is, I think that we'll title the podcast is, How Do You Deal With These Types of People? Yeah, that's a great title. I like that. Um, so we're going to talk about really these types of people, what we mean are difficult people. Yeah, difficult people, people who uh, maybe you don't, maybe they're not, they're not bad people. You just don't get along with them really well. They could be uh, bad. They, they could be bad. Your personalities could clash. I mean, there's a kind of a wide variety. Of there's food. a wide variety of reasons why their person might be difficult. Yes. Yeah. Maybe you're, you've got somebody uh, at your workplace or school. Um, maybe they're, you're doing a group project with them right now. <laughs> God, God bless you if you are. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe that's somebody's bullying you. Um, maybe you got like some, something that's happening. It yeah. could be anything, really. Yeah. So how to, how to deal with difficult people. How do you deal with these types of people? And mm-hmm. I, I really think that um, every single relationship needs what I call an emulsifier. Yeah, and and if if anybody's out there and you're like, um, I made like you're thinking I just made up a word, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. No, uh, a lot of times an egg is considered an emulsifier, and yeah. they put it in foods to bind ingredients that don't want to bind. Yep, I say it, it brings stuff together that normally doesn't go together. Yeah, right. Yep, exactly. And so I, every relationship needs an emulsifier. Mm-hmm. It needs something to bring them together. We str- we do struggle at times to uh, always get along, always agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, I would say agreeing is <laughs> almost out the window entirely. Yeah. I, it- no, I, I I agree with that. Wow. <laughs> we just blew the whole universe up. Um, you get like three or four people in a room. They they won't agree on uh, the best color, the best sports team. Yeah. You know, the best hobby. Yeah. It's only three or four people in a room. So, you know, you get a, you get a whole house full <laughs> of people and everybody's got different opinions. It's, it can be difficult. Oh, yeah. At times. And every relationship needs an emulsifier. It yep. needs something added to it to create a bond. Mm-hmm. And we're going to teach you guys kind of what, what we believe are four different things that, we, that you can do yeah. to help you mm-hmm. deal better with difficult people. Yeah, with these kinds of people. You you mentioned like cooking and that egg, right, being that binding agent. Yeah. Well, we got four steps. Four binding agents. Four binding agents, four yeah. ingredients. Yep, they, they all work. For for dealing with these types of people. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Pastor. Let's, let's give us number one. All right, number one is pray blessings. Ooh. Pray blessings... Not for yourself. <laughs> yeah. I know some true. of you were just thinking, you're like, I can do that. Lord, just bless Lord, me today. Bless me. <laughs> no, pray yeah. blessings for that specific person. Yeah. And um, that one I, I pulled uh, pretty much straight from Jesus' mouth. I definitely stole it from him. What did he say specifically? Uh, well, Jesus said, uh, you know, he was talking, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 6. It's 5, 6, or 7. I've just... Over in Ignited, we just did a whole study on 5, 6, and 7, and all the chapters are kind of blended together in my head right now. Okay. Um, But it's in the Sermon on the Mount, and he said, even the pagans or the sinners love people who love them, 
It's, it's, what benefit is it to you if you love people who love you back? Everybody does that. That's easy. Said, right. He said, it's easy. But you love your enemies. And then he, I love this where he said, pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. And I like that because um, when you, it's hard to, to be mad at somebody when you're praying a blessing for them. Uh-huh. And this does, this is not, this is the exact opposite of a natural response to when someone is being frustrating, being annoying, you're having trouble getting along. Maybe, maybe they're just being mean. They're just bullying you. Like my natural response is not to pray blessing for them. Yep. Um, a sermon on the mount is not a natural way of living, though. No, it's not. We actually just did a whole series in Ignited on Wednesday night. We called it "Living Upside Down." Wow, there you go. It's um, perfect because and it, perfect. it was on the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and th- this idea of of praying for people who are 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 difficult, these types of people, it will really begin to. I think this is one of the things that it does, Pastor. Is it kind of softens your heart towards them? Because you kind of stop seeing them just as that difficult person, and you can start to see them as a person that God loves. And I think when you, I think when you start praying blessing for somebody, it kind of helps shift your mind and see them not just as a frustrating, difficult, these type of people person, but you can see them as someone that God loves. Whenever I pray for... Um, I'll just label them my enemy. I don't, yeah. I, it's a little harsh. You know, they're not my enemy, but... Maybe they are. Maybe they are. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they are. When, when I do, and I have before, I've prayed for my enemies. Something, something happens to my, to my thoughts about them. It, it changes entirely. Yeah. I start seeing them through God's eyes, and I start seeing somebody who needs prayer. There's a reason they're being so mean. Right. I didn't do anything mean to <laughs> them, but they're very mean to me. Right. Uh, very hurtful, um, wicked even, backstabbing, all these different elements. You just think, like, how could people be like this? Yeah. Well, some sometimes you you don't quite understand what they're going through. Yeah. And then you start praying for them, and you start seeing them through God's eyes, and you understand, oh, I think they're really hurting. Right. And then you start to like, this is crazy, but like care about them a little bit. Yeah. And this Come is on. what prayer does. When yeah. you, when you pray go. blessings over your enemies, you're like, Lord, there is something going on in their life and you know what it is. And I'm starting to feel your heart for them. Yeah. And I can tell they're not doing well. Come on. Lord, they need help. Uh, they need something. Maybe they're, mm-hmm. they're struggling with there's stress, stress in their life. Yeah. Maybe things are really falling apart for them and they're taking it out on, on the wrong person, mm-hmm. me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and that happens all the time, all the time. And pray for them. Pray for them. You're, you'll actually, that starts to soften something inside you. Mm-hmm. You start to see them differently. And this is your first step. Yeah. Your first First ingredient. First binding agent Yeah, that we want to add to your list of how to deal with difficult people. I like it. Begin to pray a blessing for them. I love it. Pastor Luke, what's number two? Number two. This is called take the high road. Take the high road. Do it. It, it, This one's kind of simple. You'll never regret it. Mm. Never regret it. There are people in my life, Pastor Aaron, where... I had, I have taken the high road with them 
all the time, all the time. And it's always the best road to take. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> always. Taking the high road means this. You, how do you put it this way? Hmm. You accept their immaturity and you refuse to let it affect you. Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. Is that what how it's, you explain taking the high road? Yeah, and you you refuse to stoop down to their level of immaturity. Yeah, yeah. You you're like I I'm gonna live at a higher level than that. If you don't recognize the immaturity in them, then you are probably immature like them. Right. So then you're gonna be on the same road as them. Yeah, and you'll both just like. <laughs> Two cats, you know, two Tom cats living in the house. Yeah. Just, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but if you realize, whoa, this person's immature, then you've already put yourself on a higher road. Right. Take that higher road. Yeah, take the high road. And taking the higher road means a lot. It means you're quiet when you want to say something. Yeah. You're, you're soft and gentle in your responses to them. You give a long leash to them because... They don't understand. Yep, and you do. <clears throat> yep. you are a uh, you are a softener to the situation. Yep, you're an emulsifier. You're a binding agent. You're trying to create more com- combining elements than mm. repelling elements. You're taking the high road, but you must first recognize. I think that they're immature. I don't want to be on that level. Right. I don't want to be immature like that. So yeah. I'm going to operate at a different level, and I'm not going to create chaos. Yeah. I like, I like some of the things you said, just quick practical tips for people. I'm just going to hit these again. Sometimes it means biting your tongue. Yeah. Uh, it means not saying every single thing that comes to your head. Yes. And that I loved what you said. It means being gentle and quiet sometimes in your responses. Yeah. Um, because one of the things that uh, we did when we were, I was in some training with uh, dealing with uh, students in particular who are, are really at a heightened state of uh, just emotional being and they're having trouble calm, calming down. And one of the things that they, they taught us in this training was never match their energy. Interesting. They said, always bring your energy level way down and they'll eventually match yours. Uh, but they said if they're if they're just freaking out, screaming. If you got a teenager who's just mad as heck at you because you said <laughs> something when you were preaching, and, and I'm, 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 I'll be honest, that happens sometimes. And they're just and they're just screaming at you. Like never respond back with that same level of energy. Yeah, you bring it down. You respond quietly, gently. You speak love to them. Like, and that seems so countercultural. Yeah, uh, but I love that. that was a great uh, great point that you made. Thanks. Uh, let's do number three. Number three. This is a great one. Be emotionally healthy. Yeah. This kind of builds off of taking the high road. Sometimes uh, you have to pre-prep your emotions before stepping into the building. Yep. 100%. Um, maybe we're, we're doing this podcast and we're talking about these types of people. And you, you have some of these types of people and you know, usually with these people, you know where they're at. They're at work. They're at this this group. They're with this group of friends. This, I mean, you can fill in the blank wherever they are. Yeah. And sometimes you have to prepare yourself, prep yourself before you even step into that building, step into that room, step into step, uh, get on that phone. Yeah. Uh, 
You, you got to emotionally get ready. Yes. Yes, you do. So what, what's, a, what's a great tip, Pastor Aaron, that you can give them to prep your emotions? What do you like to do? Because I have a few things that I like to do Yeah, to prep myself emotionally for our day, for the day. <laughs> what are some things that you like to do? Yeah, I like to, uh, <clears throat> this is going to sound really simple, but I will out loud tell myself, I'll pre-decide how I'm going to respond. I'll be like, all right, I know that if they bring this up, if they act this way, I'll literally like talk to myself out loud and be like, all right, Aaron, I'm going to respond gently. Yeah. Uh, I'm going, and I'm going to, um, I'm just going to hold my tongue and I'm actually going to flip, I'm going to try to flip the conversation. Like I'll kind of walk myself through how I want to respond, but I won't do it in the moment Hmm. because I know, I know myself that if I get into a moment and someone starts to get on my nerves and I have no idea how I'm, I should be responding. I know that I have a tendency to, to kind of escalate. I just know myself. I know that's who I am. Mm-hmm. So if I know I'm going to walk into a situation where that's possible could happen, I'm going to work on pre-deciding in my head before I get there, even out loud, telling myself, okay, I'm going to respond better yeah. than that they're reacting. A few things that I like to do is uh, and start my day off with just Bible reading and prayer. Yeah. And with my prayer time specifically, I'll just tell God, Lord, um, there's an emotionally charged like meeting I'm about to step into today or a conversation I'm going to have. I got to have with somebody. They don't know what's coming. I'm going to make oh, yeah. a few phone calls today that I, that I don't know how the response is going to be. Um, and I just tell Lord, Lord, just right, even right now, begin to help me get mm-hmm. into like the right kind of like, how do you want me to be get, get into this meeting emotionally? Yeah. And that really, really helps. I was, I had a, um, this was years ago. Um, I had a, a, a mom and a dad who were really upset with me. Mm-hmm. I was a youth pastor at the time. And I really felt like they were, they were like, in my mind, being very unfair, mm. uh, upset about something they shouldn't have been upset about. Uh, they really were, they kept trying to tell me how to run the youth ministry. This has been happening for a long time. Yeah. And I just wouldn't listen to them because they they were, I don't know, they just felt like it was their responsibility right. to like guide me. Right. But they were never asked to be in that position. And so for like years, they had been getting on like under my skin and I hadn't, yeah. I never listened to them. Right. Um, and the youth ministry was going fantastic. Things were going great. And I think they got to the point where they got so frustrated that they couldn't control me that they eventually called a one like a meeting with just me. Okay. And I felt the Lord tell me, this is a trap. And he told me to do a few things. <laughs> yeah. Don't be alone in the room with them. Yeah. Bring somebody in the room with you. Yeah. And do not respond to them. Hmm. Like, don't say a word. Yeah. I was like, okay. So they, they, I'm this meeting. And so I, I think I called them up like, actually, no, I didn't. I just brought somebody into the meeting with me and I prepped this individual. Yeah. I said, this is going to be a bad meeting, but I want you in the room with me. Yeah. You don't need to talk. You just sit in the room with me, please. Mm-hmm. Right. I said, but it's, it's going to be rough and it'll last for however long they talk for and then it's going to be done. Yeah. And this girl was like, okay. Yeah. And so it comes in, it starts, they start 
ripping. Yeah. Ripping hard. Oh, yeah. And I just sat there and stared. They probably talked for a total of eight minutes, right? Okay. They never once asked me a question, asked for a res- response. They just, just talked yeah. like, like odd, right? Yeah. And they finished. And there was no, there was no, like when they finished, there was no like, now it's my turn to talk. Right. There was none of that. It didn't even, like, it wasn't a conversation. It was them yelling at me. Right. <laughs> and I said, are you, I, I finally, they finally finished. I guess I hadn't said a word. I said, are you done? And they go, they looked at each other and they looked kind of back at me, puzzled. And they're like, yeah. And I said, all right, see you later. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And they grabbed their stuff and left. <laughs> That was it. Wow. And they never, they never showed up again. Wow. <clears throat> and I felt like as they were talking, the Lord helped prepped me. Yeah. And it was like water off a duck's back. Yeah. It didn't affect me. It didn't come into me. Like all those words, all mm-hmm. those things, it just faded away. Yeah. And I just ch- looked over to the person that invited me in. I said, thanks for being here with me. I think it helped calm them down a little bit knowing that you were in the room and they couldn't yeah. really quite go for it. And uh, that was it. And I never saw him ever again. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And I didn't get into a fight with them. Yeah. I didn't didn't raise my voice to them. It was nothing. And they didn't, they could tell yeah. that this is not going anywhere. Right. And they were never going to get anything. And they just walked away. That's awesome. Quietly too. Yeah. That's awesome. I slipped <laughs> off into the night like a weird, it was weird. <laughs> yeah. But I really felt the Lord helped prepped me for that meeting. So let me encourage anybody out there. To just pray before you step into certain meetings that you might be stressed out about. Yeah. Oh, 100%. And I feel like this is something, I know we're going to switch over to this last one in just a second, but this is something that as a staff member at Cornerstone, uh, our our pastor, our boss, your dad, Pastor Tim, uh, I think he really teaches this to us as a staff. I mean, if you're going to go into a, you know it's a difficult conversation, really pray, get prayed up and ready to go for this meeting. And... I had to do this um, fairly recently, had to have a difficult phone call with someone. Uh-huh. was not looking forward to it. Um, like all week, I was <laughs> talking to my wife. I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to this phone call I got to have. Yeah. It came time. I was like, all right, I got to have this phone call. <clears throat> and I remembered what Pastor Tim had said about a phone call he had to make years and years ago, where he had said he looked at himself in the mirror and said, you have to make this phone call. And I went, I, I repeated exactly what he did. I went in the bathroom. I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, you have to make this phone call. I said a prayer. I said, Lord, I, I need you to help. I never have, have never made a phone call like this before. Mm-hmm. And I need you to help me navigate this situation. I knew the person wasn't going to be happy. And I had the phone call and you know what? They weren't very happy. Mm-hmm. But I, the whole time, I never got frustrated. I never got angry. Yep. I just felt like, like a supernatural peace from God was like, you're making the right decision. You know, this is what you have to do. It's okay. It's good. And all that happened because I was able to be emotionally prepared for that phone call. All right. Number four, Pastor Aaron, what is it? Create boundaries. Yeah. This is a great one. If you don't have to be around this person, then don't. Then don't. You you can Create boundaries. Yes. <clears throat> um, you don't have to hang out with them on your free time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have to probably sit next to them 
like on the bus or in the classroom or on the table at the, you know, board meeting, like wherever, yeah. like you can create some boundaries. Yeah. Oh yeah. I love this one because I feel like this one kind of comes with, with maturity. You realize, Hey, I don't need to do, I don't need to be with this person all the time. Yeah. But it's funny to me because I've had lots of conversation with teenagers, middle schoolers, and usually young high schoolers who are like, they realize they had some friends who were being a really bad influence or even maybe a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like, Pastor Ann, what do I do? I just, I feel like I need to get away from them. Like, we'll just get away from them. Yeah. Like, oh, but they're like, they're, they're my friends though. I'm like, no, they're not your they're friends. They're not your friends. <laughs> yeah. Just like, I just, I just can't ghost them. Why? Yeah. They're adding nothing to your life. They're taking uh, away. They're, they're taking, they're stealing your joy, your peace. Like, they're, you're, you, you've admitted that being around them is a bad influence in your life. Yeah. So set some boundaries. Yeah. Pr- yes, you might see them at school. You don't have to, like, turn a cold shoulder to them. One thing, too, it's harder these days to create boundaries with people because of social media. 100%. It was a lot easier when I was in school. If, if I just stopped going down that certain hallway. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't have to hear their voice, see their face know anything that they're doing. Right. It's a lot harder these days when it's social media. Yeah. You could you could disappear out of their life for months, but yet every single day you could see their face yep. on social media. Right. And it feels like they're just right next to you all the time. Well then you need to learn how to hit the unfriend <laughs> button. Yeah. Unfollow, unfollow button. Boom. There's a button. It, yeah. it exists. It's it's right next to the f- Right next follow to the follow button. button. It's called unfollow or unfriend. You know, you yeah. can eliminate people out of your life and you're like, oh, I can't believe that's not the heart of Jesus. <clears throat> then you don't understand Jesus. <laughs> All right. He didn't just, you know, he he definitely unfriended people. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and I, I hate to even break it to you even further, but every single day, he sees people and he says, welcome to paradise or sorry, you're going to a land unknown. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah. Right. So it's in his personality character to unfollow or, <laughs> right. you know, so it, it, it's okay. Yes. It is okay. And if you are not in a position in life where you feel like you can emotionally handle mm-hmm. Certain people, then create some boundaries. Yeah, and and the boundaries that we just said. I'm gonna wrap up with this. The boundaries we just said. You know, maybe maybe that's a little bit of an extreme with people. There's some things where you're like, man, I do like this is someone who's close, maybe a family member, or somebody who's close to me, who is is a friend of mine. But man, we just butt heads sometimes. Well, you can set healthy boundaries. Yeah, you say, man, I'm gonna hang out with this person. X amount of times a month or X amount of times a week. Like I can hang out with them at school, but outside of school, I don't want to hang out with them. Or you know, we're we're work friends, but outside of work, I don't I don't need to be around this person. Or yeah, uh, like I'm gonna, you know, you you can fill in the blank. I'm, I don't know every single situation that you could possibly be in. You you know what that person is, what that situation relationship looks like. I don't. But come up with healthy boundaries. We can be like, hey, we can be around each other, but. With these boundaries, yeah, and and then you can still have a good 
relationship with them. But because you've created boundaries, it's not explosive. It's not frustrating every time that you see them because you've both set some boundaries and you know, oh, hey, this is how our relationship is. Yeah. Okay, this is great. And that sometimes just just this one, just setting boundaries. And obviously this kind of builds off of praying for them. This builds off of taking the high road. This builds off of being emotionally healthy. You're not going to set boundaries if you're not emotionally healthy. Um, <clears throat> they all do build. They're like stairs. Yeah. We're like a carpenter building stairs one, <laughs> one step, step at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, but but if you do that, you can, you can see a relationship change yeah. from one that made you dread seeing this person. So you have a healthy relationship. It just looks different than it did before. And a lot of times too, if you create these boundaries that we just talked about, you take these stairs one at a time, you can turn an unhealthy relationship into a healthy one. Yeah, absolutely. It can go from difficult to manageable to actually doing really well. Yeah, absolutely. And all these things are salvageable. These relationships are salvageable, but they'll never be salvaged if you don't do some of these things, like pray blessings for them, take the high road, be emotionally healthy, and create boundaries. 100%. I love that. Amen. <clears throat> Man, right. this was a good podcast. Yeah, what number? Is this 76? 76. Podcast 76 for... A wonderful audience. Absolutely wonderful. You guys, you've been a great audience today. You have been. I don't know what you're doing, yeah. but you've been great. You've been fantastic. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep it up. I'm winking at you right now. <laughs> Keep it up. Huh? <laughs> I we just know. need to wrap up. I don't know what it implies. But I don't, I, I don't know either. We just... All right, everybody. You guys yeah. have been great. We'll see you next time. Bye. Get out there and tell somebody about Jesus. How's everybody doing today? Come on, somebody. Nothing's sticking anymore. Well, can't work them off today. It's flooded. Man, there is just a good vibe happening today.